Welcome to Convo Lounge Expression Exposure Experience. Right. Welcome to the Convo Lounge podcast, Expression Exposure Experience, where we have conversations that drive social and economic growth. Thank you very much for joining us on this first episode of the Convo Lounge podcast. Do remember that uh, we will be broadcasting it to you every single Tuesday at 1100 hours CAT. Be sure to set your reminders so that you do not miss an episode and get engaging with us on the different social media platforms using the hashtag Convo Lounge Africa. My name is Bakang Tabisuki Tumese and I'm going to be your anchor for today. And I'm not alone. I'm here with Miss Yandile Nuku, somebody who has been with the podcast since its inception. She has seen its transformation. She has seen its development to being what it is today. Thank you very much for joining us, Yandile. Thanks, Bakang. Um, and um, hello to the world that's listening into the podcast today. I'm very happy that we finally got ourselves to this point. I mean, Convalange is a concept that I think started back in 2019 and we were really just, or we still are interested in, well, how do we solve the issue of unemployment? You know, um, a lot of times we hear this being discussed in parliament. We hear this being discussed in high level forums, um, in leadership roles, but you know, there isn't an actual constructive platform where young people can actually talk about it to say, okay, these are the actual experiences we're having, but actually these are the solutions that are at the table. So I think Convalage is just us as young people sharing our own experiences with the journey, uh, the unemployment journey, but the journey to becoming either self-employed or employed uh, or moving from underemployment to being properly employed with, you know, a, a dignified role that has got proper income. Um, but also it's meant to be like a fun platform, you know, uh, we're targeting, obviously, um, young people in tertiary schools, those that maybe have finished, have already graduated in the labor market. But I think we also have a long-term goal to say, let's look at the education system holistically and see if we can't disseminate great information to young people across different um, levels of the education system. But so, yeah. it would be interesting <laughs> to find out from you why you decided to get involved with a Convalange from a personal uh, point of view. Because for me, I think... It goes back to just my service to the community. I've been working with young people throughout my life for a very long time now. Um, just sometime towards the end of last year when I was applying for, for an opportunity, I'll, I think I'll get to talk about that opportunity yeah. in other um, episodes. I got to, there was a part where I was writing down my experiences with working with young people in civic engagement. Mm. And then it reminded me how far I've come. I've been engaged even in my professional life as a broadcaster with the National Botswana Television. I work around issues of youth development and discussing different issues that affect us as young people in, in, in Botswana. And I think when I looked at Convo Lounge and being involved with Convo Lounge, I saw it as an opportunity to propel my service to even a greater height. So I don't know, uh, what about you? Why did you think uh, it, it would be a great idea to get involved with Convalange? I think Convalange is um, something that started a long, long time ago for me. I was looking at my own um, academic journey since like high school. I've always been a big dreamer. I've always had uh, great business ideas. And I don't think I needed to wait until I finished my degree to start actively engaging in business. 
So, you know, after I graduated, I realized that, you know what, if there was actually the support system around me when I was younger and I was still a teenager, the right information, the right capacity building to take my ideas to, to, to market or for an idea to building a product or a service, I could have been very, very far. And this is looking at the context of what, you know, a 21-year-old in Botswana is doing versus a 21-year-old in China or in, in Europe or yeah. in the USA, right? Um, so when I realized that, I was like, wait a minute, I think I could maybe provide a solution to this. So I inherently believe that as young people, we don't become relevant to the labor market or industry once we finish tertiary school. I think it happens way earlier than yes. that, right? Um, and also... Because I started in the industry pretty young, like at the age of 15, I was already in the industry through, through the, like the creative space. I was already interacting and actually transacting in industry. Um, I then realized that, look, I don't think this needs to be like a unique experience for one young person around there, yes. right? The third story of why uh, Convalange and why I thought it was important was, um, you know, we know that the results are out, like the BGCSE results are out. IGCSE, I think, came out a little bit earlier in Jan, I believe. Yes. There's always that conversation around um, private school versus public school. Yes. And in my opinion, you know, some people, they listen to somebody speak and then they automatically say something like, ah, oil English media more. You know, they just look at your level of confidence. And I remember at some point in my career journey, I was like, you know what, I'm actually tired of um, hearing this as an excuse as to why a young person who probably came from a public school wouldn't succeed, right? I believe that the only differentiator there is experiences that build the confidence of young people. Yes. So I started mentoring young people actually in junior secondary school. I junior secondary school. Just trying to test this idea or what could happen if you came in as an industry player and you spoke to young people on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, yes. how would they approach themselves and their environment a little bit differently? Yes. And of course, that was a success. I mean, the schools started to see the young people actually performing better. And I wasn't even tutoring them. Yes. I was just walking in every single morning and sharing information with them that could help them approach the academics or yes. their life a little bit differently. Most of them, if you ask them, well, what do you want to be when you finish school? Believe it or not, a young person today who has so many opportunities and gaps still says, I want to be a soldier. Yes. I want to be a cop. Yeah. Is it just because they are not exposed to the world out there? They do not know what's happening out there? Exactly. So it's, it's, it's yeah. So it's the environment, obviously, also maybe uh, the social status or setup that they're born into. But also, I think it might be an issue of exposure as well. Yes. And so that's when you start to realize that platforms like media become very, very important um, to expanding the thought process and the vision and the ideas that, or the imagination of a young person in terms of what's possible for them. And so from that, um, you know, mentorship experience, it was just volunteering, just like you, community service. And then, you know, Convalanche then came about, obviously, we got the opportunity to now actually run it as a funded uh, program. And, and we, we actually focused on tertiary school because it was just easier to show impact. Yes. Um, it's easier to show impact at tertiary level than it is when you start mentoring a young person, let's say at primary or secondary school. So yeah, yes. that's how it And th th there's also an issue of 
these different conferences that happen around. Uh, there's so much insights and so much information that is shared at these conferences. But majority of the time when you get into those rooms, you would find that the representation of young people is almost non-existent. And I, I know in your uh, high-level engagements that you host, you oftentimes, you know, want to point this out to say to the leadership that you need to bring in young people into conversations so that you could hear from them and so that they can hear from you. There's going to be an exchange of information that in essence, I think this is what we're trying to do with Convo Lounge to bring those conversations that I had at these different high level engagement uh, to a platform that could be accessible by any young person anyway, as long as they have got uh, that internet connectivity. Absolutely. I mean, the conversation, the broader conversation here is um, unemployment. And we know that when we have the conversation around what's causing unemployment, uh, we have the story or the narrative of higher academic institutions in the country not producing quality graduates. And the question then becomes, well, what is a quality graduate, right? Um, Maybe they don't have the right soft skills, problem solving, communication, even just etiquette, workplace etiquette or time management, there's that mismatch. That's the narrative, right? Until I stumbled upon a report by the UNDP, I think they were reporting, they were researching on the national internship program um, that happens by the government um, on an annual basis, which I believe probably has like a huge waiting list, by the way. And then, you know, insights from that report showed that actually it's not just academic institutions not producing industry-relevant graduates, the, grad, the industry itself is also not growing yes. at the rate at which it should. You know, mm-hmm. as an industry growth or as a business grows, there's then, there's then demand for more talent. You know, they, they open up to, to, to get in more talent. So in the market, when you look at the labor market, there's an oversupply of talent um, and, and, and less demand for talent from an in, in industry. Then the conversation of, you know, it's a catch-22. How um, wanari, you know, you're not industry relevant, but we know that the world of work, I don't know what your experience was like, but for me personally, in every first encounter I've had with industry from the time that I graduated, I was given a chance. Yes. And I wouldn't say compared to 20 other young people with me, of course I passed really well, Yes. but there's so many other young people who also passed really well. I wouldn't say or can give a haisa in so many different ways. I'll just say I was given a chance. Not really. Sometimes you're just given a chance. Like the industry just opens the door for you. Like when I started volunteering FM for free, someone opened the door for me. You know what I mean? I just happened to walk in the right place at the right time or hear the right information at the right time. Yes. And so there's also that conversation that we believe at Convalanche Hori. You know what? I think we think that. Um, improving the access to information between industry and um, young people in tertiary education in, in the tertiary education system could actually um, reduce unemployment and improve the prospects of employment creation. So, yes. yeah, yeah. So let's go back to 2019. So wait, to answer your question on events <laughs> in terms of information. So one of the other things that I then re- realized in my journey um, in broadcasting in media Yes. I started attending these events. I get when you're in broadcasting, you you get into events for free. Yes. You get to so, any space you'd want hey, to get so into. So at the time, Ibila was volunteering at RNFM. Mm. I remember the event that I got into for free was the Bika. was a Bika biannual conference at the time. It was 2016. And at the time, I was looking for a job. But then I was volunteering for free at RNFM at the time. So... 
these tickets for events, they go for like huge amounts of yeah, money. Yeah. You know that. Thousands Not this specific wheelers. event yes. I'm talking about, but you know, a corporate seat, a table is 10,000. Yes. You know, so it's, 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 it's prizes that a young person who's unemployed cannot, cannot afford. afford that. So there's issue of access to these platforms and access to information. And when I got into these rooms and I realized, one, there aren't young people in the room. And two, even if... Uh, there could be an opportunity for young people to be in the room. The young people that are actually employed, those that are in the room are high-level captains of industry, corporate executives, and those maybe in senior management, management levels. Yes. So they sit around the tables, they discuss all these challenges, and as they discuss, we get so much valuable information and ideas. Like I'm always blown away with what I learn in these rooms. And so I started to become curious, what, okay, how do we get this information from these rooms Out to the and people. shared to the young people that actually need this information, but they don't have the means to access these forums and platforms, right? And of course, media becomes an avenue, but media is something that it's once off. I think yeah. also with media is they just give the highlights of that event, right? It would be exactly. a newspaper article or a headline in the radio or television, but the in-depth information insights and the insights data. you don't have to. Exactly, yes. exactly. And that's where as a young person, you get information to what's currently happening in industry and how do you align yourself and how do you make what you're learning relevant to what's currently happening in industry. And so I began to entertain this idea, you know what? What could happen if we could have a platform like Conva Lounge um, focusing in education? We're still using media as a form of disseminating information from these high-level forums um, to young people in the education system. So, yeah. What, why, I wanted to take you back to what? Oh, 2019, when we um, started the project uh, funded by the American USA, Embassy, Embassy yeah. uh, to work with different tertiary institutions. We worked with five uh, tertiary institutions both University, University of Botswana, there was Baisaho, Botswana University of Agriculture and Natural Resources, mm-hmm. and BAC. Mm-hmm. But then unfortunately, we only got to host Physically. events at three yeah. um, locations because of COVID. Mm. Uh, but then that did not despair us. We got to pivot and have the rest of the program delivered through Facebook and Zoom webinars. Yeah. And I think I would confidently say that the program was a great success because we've managed to get a lot of ideas generated. We had about nine ideas that were generated from that. Mm. We were able to even assist some of the students who were taking part in the mentorship program with the academic assignments, whom even went to graduate with first-class degrees. Yeah. Uh, also, there was that you know exchange of information between the students, like we were saying, and the professionals and the entrepreneurs that we called in. Mm. So... Let's now get to what this has done for Kumva Lounge right now. The learnings that the lessons that we got from the project that we implemented with the American Embassy for about a year, which got to inform where we are right now with Kumva Lounge. Absolutely. I think it was a learning experience for us. I mean, even when I started mentoring before we met and started Kumva Lounge, it was just a hunch to say if I got into classrooms for junior secondary school students and just shared information about the industry and opportunities and build our capacity, they would improve in terms of that performance. It was a hunch. So we jumped into the same process um, in, with Conva Lounge. We took some of our learnings from our voluntary experience to design Conva Lounge. And it was a call for applications. The U.S. Embassy was looking for, I think there was a track around, um, you know, contributing to a knowledge-based economy. Yes. Because that's what we want to become. And America is 
if not the most valuable um, economy or market in the whole world. It's a knowledge economy market. And you look at your Googles, your Facebooks, et cetera. These are companies that are operating in a knowledge economy. So the idea there, as we were designing and proposing Conva Lounge, was that um, how can we disseminate information or create a program that enhances our ability to become a knowledge-based economy? The second thing was around trade, which is what we learned. Before yes. we did Convalange, I didn't think about solving unemployment from a trade perspective. Yes. Like I always thought about it from, okay, industry, can we get great ideas um, that could add value to the industry and by default create more jobs? When you look at the trade side of things, you realize that an industry cannot grow if the trade is not growing. So that's why I think as a country, we are talking about being export-led. Uh, we talk about things like the AFCFTA, the Africa Free Trade Area Agreement, and you know having regional um, value chains and ensuring that our industries in Botswana also grow to export. It's because as we export, we bring more income into the country, but we also create a demand uh, for talent. So that's yeah. one thing that we actually learned from Kumba Lounge, Jorge. Um, you know, uh, we also need to approach this from a trade perspective. So for instance, one of the other things that we had to do with Convalange was to raise awareness on the trade um, relation or agreement between the USA and Sub-Saharan Africa, which is AGOA, hmm. the Africa Growth Opportunity Act. And Luna, we didn't know anything about it when we started. And do you think when, when I went into the research, I got to find out um, that it's something that is coming from the 90s. 90s. Yes, this was like a second phase or a third phase hmm. of the, the hmm. policy agreement. So I think that also got us to get a bit of more information and insights on how now we can align, you know, that trade relations uh, to see how we can develop the young people in our country to be able to be competitive enough yeah. uh, to even not look for jobs in the saturated market, Ayabotswana, but also to export in different uh, countries. Yeah, different yeah. countries. I get the talent from here to elsewhere. As we have seen, Canada, the world is a global village, right? We have uh, doctors from coming from Nigeria, your Cuba and Botswana. So it doesn't really uh, stop us from even having our talent exported to these yeah, different countries. markets. Yeah. Mm. And one of the things that we also learned um, in terms of trade being able to be a contributor to employment creation was when we look at AGOA, the Africa Growth Opportunity Act, we actually haven't been utilizing it, not just as Botswana, but the whole of, you know, sub-Saharan Africa for a number of reasons. I think we've had a few companies that are also still currently going on different programs that build a capacity to enter the American market. We realized that uh, there's an issue of capacity and quality uh, for products that leave Botswana and they enter the American market. For those that can, the issue of capacity then comes into play. In Botswana, we're only 2 million. In America, there's a whole lot of people. It's a huge population. So small, medium enterprises face, face the challenges of being able to service a large amount, a large demand in the market. So that's the first thing that we identified. The second thing we learned um, around young people getting employed and creating jobs, either through starting their own businesses or formally getting employed, um, we learned that it's impossible to expect a young person in tertiary school who's just completed tertiary to operate, start business, operate in such a way that they can access the American market. So we actually had to dumb it down. We realized, okay, um, these young people are not at the level at which they can, we can believe that we will build a capacity to be able to trade in a space of 12 months. Ready, yeah. Exactly. So what we can maybe do is look at companies that are in Botswana that are, what we also learned through research is that companies that 
have first made a mark in the Botswana market, but also have made a mark in Southern Africa in terms of regional markets, can then begin to explore and have the capacity to service the American market or other African markets. So we we then learned that we'd rather expose these ta- these students, these young people, to businesses in Botswana that already have the capacity to leverage on Agoa. And maybe they might do research that's relevant to those companies and add value to them and enhance their ability to leverage on Agoa. So those are some of the things that I think um, we learned from 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 Convo Lounge. All right. Yeah. Uh, dear listener, this is Convo Lounge Expression Exposure Experience, where we have conversations that drive social and economic growth. You can contribute to the conversation by going onto a different social media platforms and using the hashtag Convo Lounge Africa across the different social media platforms. Platform. We want to hear from you what you your insights are on what your contributions are to our conversations as we are bringing to you the different conversations around the different industries so that you could leverage uh, from our discussions any opportunities that you can align to as we develop Botswana to a knowledge-based economy. Now I want us to get into where we are right now yeah. with Convo Lounge. Uh, we had the project that was uh, developed and designed and delivered in 2019, 2020. Mm. Fast forward to 2023, where we are now. Where are we with Combo Lounge? Yeah. So one of the other things that we then learned, okay, raising awareness, as we were engaging the students and sharing this information, um, we asked ourselves, okay, so what do we do with all this data? Like what do we do with all this information and what role can young people play that are in the um, higher education institutions. And so research became an area that we began to explore. We realized that one way, killing a bird with two stones, st- what was that Killing thing? one bird with one two stones. One bird with two stones. Is <laughs> no, that, two birds with one stone. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we learned that um, research is actually something in schools that both helps you to build your interpersonal skills helps you to build your problem-solving skills, helps you to build your communication skills, whilst on the other hand, it's building your knowledge base and your expertise in a certain area. So it's one way, if we focus on the quality of research that's happening on uh, education institutions, we could be able to, one, have a young person who is relevant to industry with the knowledge and have ideas that could be solutions to industry. And two, by supporting them through that research process, they come out having the right soft skills that industry is actually looking for. Um, and so we decided to say, okay, I think we can offer a model where we, yes, disseminate information through media, through conversations on the Conver Lounge, but we can also help these students have, through these conversations, get insights that could inform their research project. I don't know about you, but in my final year, as I went to BAC, I remember in my final year, I had a huge problem with knowing which topic to research to on. Go for, yes. I didn't know which problem exists that I can research on. And just the research experience for me was a very painful process, both mentally um, and the idea of going to collect data from industry, knocking on those doors, yes. um, having the right people to get data from. And after that, the post-research process of actually going back to the industry to say, hey, guys, I've done one, two, I've three. done your research. This is how we can add value to you. Why don't you hire me to add value mm-hmm. uh, either as a consultant or as an intern? Right. 
um, we realized that, wait a minute, there's a way in which we can actually influence quality research ideas through Convalanche conversations, but also support the research experience for young people in tertiary schools. And by then um, we would be indirectly uh, contributing to the issue of solving unemployment because it's a complex But uh, is there pro- is, is the problem there or we are just creating the problem for ourselves as Convo Lounge and trying to fit our solution to that non-existent problem and also those opportunities uh, that you talked about. Do you think that they are opportunities for somebody who has done a research paper for their academic assignment for their final year or and whatever uh, to actually knock on to whatever company and actually have an opportunity of being employed just from the quality of his work that they've done. Oh, yeah. I think obviously there is. I mean, research is meant to aid development. It's meant to provide solutions to an existing gap or existing challenge. So, I mean, anybody, even you, if you've got a challenge and I come to you and I say to you, here's the solution, pay so much for the solution. Why would you say no to that? So the idea is not to actually sell the research, but to sell the outputs of that research. So, the assumption is that a young person is coming with solutions that could add value to an industry, right? For instance, in the agriculture space, ever since we had that import ban, we have a lot of businesses in the agriculture. The agriculture value chain has a number of challenges that is experiencing. So is there a young person who has research that is speaking to the value chain in the agri sector uh, that can add value to any small medium enterprise in the sector, or any large retailer in the sector. If they have a research that can add value to the process, I don't see why they shouldn't be relevant. Two things could come out of that. They could either get employed or they themselves could identify an opportunity where they get into business, they become self-employed, right? And they can begin to think about all the initiatives that are there to support them in the country, whether it's access to funding or mentorship, looking at LEA and so on and so forth. So I think there is um, that challenge. The second thing is that, we have gone through this experience. It's not theoretical. Yes. We looked into our own uh, college or university experiences, but we also looked at our peers. And we also, through running the Convalange Mentorship Program, I think we reached about 175 young people. We were actively engaging with these young people on a continuous basis, right? And even today, they're still accessible. So it's not something that is theoretical. It's something that we continue to explore with the community of young people that we've had the opportunity to interact with. Yes. And also looking at the fact that uh, a final year student, you always get that funding from um, the government to assist you with that academic assignment. Exactly. But that academic assignment in turn does not bring any meaningful contribution to what is happening in the economy. We just do it for uh, the sake of uh, getting good marks. Good marks, exactly. So very few of us... Look, I like it's where I was one of those few who were in the dark, but like, do we, it's, it requires changing our mindset towards the idea of research. Yeah. Or when you're a young person, do you understand that the government has funded you to research so that you can add value to industry that is provable, not for you to just get a pass mark on your certificate, but at the end of the day, it doesn't convert to economic opportunities, right? Um, so I think it, it is, um, a, a, a two way process. Yeah. yeah. So, um, just to go to the conclusion of our conversation, um, where are we getting to with Convo Lounge? What is the next step from here uh, going forward? How do the students that we are talking about get involved with Convo Lounge and what do we hope for them to gain? And on the corporate side, what yeah. uh, are they going to gain and how can they get involved with the program? Yeah. So I think it's a learning experience both for, for ourselves um, and industry. 
it'll be very interesting to see if industry sees the need to invest in such conversations. Um, I think the plan is that we invest more into media platforms so that we can disseminate information about what's currently happening in industry, um, either through this podcast or actually having a series of events in schools and sharing this information and giving talent in industry an opportunity to come and talk about what's currently happening in the space. Uh, whether, as an example, a product development team in a banking institution gets into a room with a young people who are doing computer science at BAC and they start to talk about changes that are happening in the digital space in terms of fintech and what could potentially be a game changer, not just in the context of Botswana, but in the context of Africa, right? So it'd be interesting to see if corporates are interested in investing in such conversations because it's money to sit and talk, but also not just talk, but to talk about things that have been researched on and is backed up by data and facts, right? The second thing that I think we're looking forward to doing um, as Conva Lounge as we convert from a program but to an actual organization that can consistently disseminate this information via media is to see if um, through these conversations we can influence quality research in higher education institutions and we'll see if um, this process or this experience can't have young people then having uh, research projects that end up being uptaken uh, by industry, or at least there's an interest by industry um, to engage with their research. We know that, I know the president announced, I don't know if it was the minister or the president announced that we will be having either through the SONA or the budget speech, there's going to be a research fund. Yes. Right? Um, so it'll be interesting to see how our platform as Convalanche at the grassroots uh, feeds into those um, macro plans or initiatives that exist in, in, in the government. And I think the last one is, you know, I think we're relevant to three key areas in the country when it comes to um, the reset agenda. It's a mindset change, obviously. Everything we've been speaking about speaks to mindset change. Um, the second one is value chain development. When we speak about trade and raising awareness and um, research ideas, they have to speak to the value chain of businesses or industries. And the last one is digitalization. We want to see if everything that we're talking about, can't we create a product, a technology platform where young, we don't have to just do it. They don't have to access this information on podcasts or this information through events, but they can literally log onto a platform online and, and, and get access to the latest information about what's happening in industry that they can themselves take on as future research projects, but also can brands and corporates also access the research that's currently happening in school so that they can find out what's the upcoming research that's coming from our education institutions that could potentially add value to them. And obviously this will add value to industry on a number of ways. The first way that it'll add value to industry, um, I imagine is getting access to a good quality pool of talent that is already up to speed with what's happening in industry and their challenges. And secondly, um, R&D has always been looked at from a point of view of CSI or CSR maybe there could be an opportunity for industry to actually get access to subsidized research because government is already funding students to do the research. Um, they get to come in and influence the outcomes and they might get access to subsidized research. So yeah, yeah that's where we're going in the next yeah. phase. And then opportunity for growth. Um, is this going to be only focused in Botswana or it actually has an opportunity for it to be duplicated in other markets in Africa or mm, globally? Mm. I think this can be replicated globally and in Africa. Uh, the challenge that we're trying to solve, unemployment and from the approach that we're taking it in, it's something that's happening across the continent. All right. Um, I think this is where we're going to stop with today's episode. It was just an introductory episode 
to get you to understand what Convalange is, where we are getting at with Convalange and how you can be involved in Convalange. Just follow a Convalange. There is a Convalange, is it Africa? Convalange Africa community on Facebook. Yes. So go out there and just uh, request to be part of that community so that we can continue these conversations online. And um, let's see. Um, youth-driven approaches towards, you know, solving this unemployment challenge. All right. Thank you very much for joining in on the conversation and uh, be sure to catch another episode of the Convo Lounge podcast uh, coming through every Tuesday at 1100 CAT across the different podcast platforms. Bye. Convo Lounge. Expression, exposure, experience.